Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Needs of the Day FC podcast. I'm Josh Taylor, and on today's episode, we have an interview with the general manager and head coach of Gold Star FC Detroit, Alex Lubianzi, on the show. He gives us some insights on his previous coaching experience, playing at the University of Michigan, and working in the front office with FC Baltimore and Crystal's FC. And then he also gives us his vision on building his roster for Gold Star FC Detroit as they prepare for their inaugural season in Nisa in 2023. And finally, he shares with us the latest updates on their new Soccer Civic Stadium and his excitement now at the schedule's release and which teams he's looking forward to playing the most and more. So stay tuned, guys. We got an exciting interview coming right up. Thanks for joining me on Nice Today FC podcast, uh, Coach Lubianski. Uh, the first thing I kind of wanted to know is kind of what attracted you to this project. Uh, I'm not sure what you were doing before, but what kind of got you interested in joining a Gold Star FC Detroit? Yeah, it's an ambitious project. I love ambitious projects, um, and I love projects that are built for noble causes and built the right way. So, this project is really predominantly based on a simple idea of showcasing players that that earn the right to be showcased on the world's biggest stage. So the way we've gone about our player recruitment this first season has been an absolute joy to be a part of, to put together and uh, go through that process. So that really has been, uh, from my perspective, one of the most appealing things. There, there really is no resume, no background interesting enough for us to forego a tryout process. In the last eight months, we've had over 500 trialists in, many of whom are from professional backgrounds of very high caliber, many of whom no one has ever heard of. And very intentionally, I never review the resume. I don't review the video. Nobody's related to me. Nobody's related to anybody at Gold Star. It's very important to us that everybody that we look at has an honest, fresh look. So this first year, we were able to put together an incredible roster following that, that general idea. Next year, we certainly have plans to do it even better. A couple, couple improvements, and I'm very open about this because I hope everybody starts to run tryouts this way. One, we're not charging anybody to try out. Two, uh, next year, we'd like to invest a little bit of money so that nobody can show up and have a badge on, be it on a shirt or on shorts or on socks. We don't want that bias. We don't want to see a former club uh, trying to be slipped through, you know, the process so that, hey, look at me. I played for XYZ Club. It's just that's not what we're looking for. We want guys that show up, fresh perspective, get on the field with us, and we assess them. I'm also very actively looking at bringing in third-party evaluators for the tryout process so that if I do, in fact, recognize a player, and I, I've coached thousands of them in Metro Detroit over the last decade. I would love somebody just off to the side, ranking players separate of myself, no conversation, and then we can cross-reference. So that process is super, super important to give everybody a fair chance. Uh, we're also going to start to implement a better open trial system. This year we had one. I, it was exactly what we wanted this year. It was cold. It was dark. Um, first thing in the morning and kind of selected for a work ethic just by the way it was put together. But it was just one. Next year, we'd like to have multiple open trials, again, at no cost. 
Um, and then, you know, build, build our 2024 roster because our 2023 roster is rock solid. Yeah, so I've been seeing some of your guys' uh, videos on Instagram, a training out there in the snow over there in Michigan. But you guys are showing that, hey, you know, soccer is a game played all types of weather. And Michigan, or me being here in Chicago, it's, it's no different knowing the, the Midwest winters, if you guys know very well. And uh, that's uh, great to see. Um, what I kind of wanted to know, Coach Lubianski is uh, from because I know you played soccer. You played at the University of Michigan as a goalkeeper. And uh, what made you want to get into coaching soccer? Yeah, I had an incredible playing experience where things went very, very well, and then things were very, very hard to overcome. And one of the things that always stuck with me was. I wasn't exactly a guy that was recruited out of high school. I didn't have a ton of opportunities to go play college soccer. Um, I had to beg, borrow, steal, claw everything I had to just get an opportunity, not even with the varsity team at U of M, which I did ultimately make, but with the club team. Very, very, very difficult to get on that one. And to be able to push myself, have some mentorship and some guidance, um, every morning the coach of that club team for years uh, at no cost to me, just really shaped my entire life by training me. And I was inspired by that, by, by that process. Uh, his name was Jeff Shook. Um, he's still a great coach in the area. We still are very good friends. So I always had this kind of drive to give somebody that same experience that he gave me. Um, and then also to build something special that was predicated on the idea of giving guys that slipped through the cracks that opportunity to go somewhere bigger. So, you know, if someone came up to me as a 17-year-old and said, hey, you're going to get a trial at Dinamo Kiev, I would say you're, you're literally insane. Uh, I can't even get a look in an American college. So, um, you know, my dream has always been I want to intentionally build something so that people that are not related to me, people that I have no relation to whatsoever, just like Shook and I, we met in Ann Arbor, um, I want to help them get to the biggest stage in the world. So this project is exactly what I've been looking for in my life. All right. And what was that experience like for you uh, going from player to coach? And how do you feel that's kind of benefiting your career as a, as a professional coach? It was quite natural. I think a lot of goalkeepers go into coaching just because of, you know, the position where you are in the field um, in relationship to the game. You really get this comprehensive view at all times and you have to be vocal and you have to lead from the back. So uh, it's a natural transition. Um, the the challenge is I, I think I'm actually quite adept at PlayStation 5 and I can play FIFA and those guys do exactly what you want them to. But the challenge is communicating with human beings that have outside lives, uh, relating, making sure that all of those things lead to a successful player-coach relationship. So it's been a lot of work. I, there's no way I would say it was easy because it wasn't. But... I've been coaching for a long time now, gone through all the licensing, uh, put in the hours, really trial by fire in a lot of different environments. And um, now I'm at a point where it's quite natural to me, but I, I don't want to give the impression that it just happened overnight. Definitely, definitely. Now, Coach Lubianti, I know you have experience you know, playing soccer, being a coach, but you also have front office experience um, during your time with FC Baltimore and Christos FC. How do you feel that experience helped you on the GM side as you're doing now with Gold Star as, well, as, as also being a coach as well? Yeah, that was uh, something that was in line with, with my sort of life model that I've shared in the past. And that club has had tremendous success. I mean, we had a number one draft pick in the MLS. We've had multiple guys get drafted in the MLS and get a lot of minutes. Had guys go to Europe, um, so just from a you know player development perspective, it's gone very well. Outside of that, uh, that budget is a fraction of what Gold Star FC is. So I essentially had to build the whole website, build the social media, uh, find fans in Baltimore while living in Detroit. I, my wife would let me go maybe once a year, um, so it was a very difficult project to put together. Thankfully, I had my brother who live somewhat closer to Baltimore, but it's still a couple hours away in Jersey. 
And we just, we found the right people. We found the right soccer store. We found the right soccer specific, uh, you know, coaches that were the right kinds of people. The Christos relationship has been absolutely incredible. Those guys are awesome. And I, I wouldn't say there's a part of a soccer club that I haven't had firsthand experience with. And it's a huge asset. So that's been an amazing journey. We're about five years in. Um, and, you know, I, I'm sure there's going to be many, many more cool stories that come from that part of the world while we both Gold Star FC. Yeah, I was going to just add in there, since you said you were based in Detroit while working for the front office for the teams in, in the Baltimore area, Christos and FC Baltimore, just kind of, how is that experience like for you doing everything remotely, like from Detroit and trying to, you know, manage players and getting, join a team to play in the summer league, like MPSL, and then just, just managing all that? It was wild. I mean, it's, uh, I don't think anyone would tell you I'm intelligent because the, the life choices I've made are ridiculous. Uh, my first son was born the same time that FC Baltimore was born. So I remember making phone calls to hundreds of coaches in Baltimore trying to find somebody to help. You know, I first of all, I couldn't even believe that we got approved uh, to have a team. So once that happened, it was 100 miles an hour getting that thing together. I finally got one guy to pick up the phone. I don't sound like I'm from Baltimore. It's very obvious to everybody that I'm not a local person there. So, man, it was it was it was actually a miracle, I would say. But um, you know, again, we, we got the right people. We put a great squad together, a great coaching staff together, and uh, definitely not easy, a thousand mistakes. All right. Now, I know you just got into coaching, uh, being a manager for a new expansion team, Gold Star FC Detroit, but being with the players, you know, got to do some preseason training with them. Do you just try to be yourself or do you, maybe you have a, a manager that you see abroad that you kind of model your coaching style to? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question for sure. I think one of the most important things in really any profession is to learn the rules and then modify those to your own strengths. So um, I'm very, very traditionally trained in coaching. I think the U.S. Uh, Soccer Federation does a great job giving you a lot of tools, but you, you really have to cater it to specifically your own strengths and the way that, that you coach best. So. I wouldn't say there's a manager in global football that I'm similar to because I sort of have to be a guy who went to law school, was a practicing criminal defense attorney, started a club. I have a background of being born in Ukraine and moving to the U.S. There's all of these things. Coaching soccer, it is so different than coaching any other sport. It's not, you know, a coach-centric sport. So really, your job as a coach is to set up an environment where players can have success. That's, that's the key. Um, you know, I've, I've heard some really good rules of thumb. I think a soccer coach might be able to get 10% more out of a team or 30% less. So I'm definitely not the latter. Am I the full 10% more? Of course not. I think I have to work at that every single day. But that is an aspiration of my no doubt. Coach Lubianski, what are some challenges that you have faced so far working with a new expansion team in a competitive market like Detroit? Yeah, I think um, realistically some of the challenges are the way that we're putting this team together and the kind of funding that we have and the kind of infrastructure that we have is very new to the league NISA. A lot of players will have resistance to trialing here or signing here for that reason. Um, I think this first year is going to be by a mile the most challenging because there's a lot of skepticism based around the last number of seasons in the league. Uh, some of that is founded. Some of it, I believe, is actually unfounded, as I think there are uh, quite a few similar situations in other leagues in the U.S. soccer space. But as far as you know, press, I, I do feel NISA, unfortunately, does get hit, hit in the press pretty hard compared to the other ones. So um, that's been a big point that from an organizational standpoint, we really want to help. We want to come in. We want to showcase what we're doing. We want to deliver on everything that we have promised. We want to build our stadium. 
We want to have the coolest game day in town. We want to have the best players, and we're investing very heavily to do that. It's it's not something where we, by you know, lack of resource, had to choose this league. By business analysis, we chose this league. This is the best league in U.S. soccer where we can do um, our model. So we're very excited about it. And the challenge is, as you mentioned, what what's been the biggest challenge? That has been the biggest challenge at the same time. Um, so I think in year two, year three, uh, people will see what we've done, and you know, hopefully, we start attracting more ownership groups with similar ambitions, similar funding, and just the similar desire to build something special that allows players to move to the world's biggest stages. So I think it's uh, an early, an early hurdle that we've had to overcome a number of times. We've certainly overcome it a number of times. There are players who are in our camp now that chose us over MLS Next Pro, chose us over USLC. Um, we want to get to the point where they're choosing us over MLS First Division. So um, we can, but those players to this day still will not pick the phone up when I call. And, uh, you know, I, I alluded to it earlier. I, I'm not shy about calling 200 people a day to get to somebody. So we'll keep going. Yeah, Coach, Coach Lubiansky and I certainly understand from that point of view, covering the league since uh, on this podcast since it started in 2019, and of course, working myself working for a former NISA club when it first joined NISA in 2021, Chicago House AC. So I can totally understand from the coach perspective and what you mentioned about some of the players trying to get them to join a new team and all that. But um, you chose NISA. Why did you guys? felt Nisa was the right fit for your organization. And where do you, I know the league obviously had some issues, but where do you feel the, the direction the league is heading moving forward? I think the league is headed towards an actual fully functional open system. You know, we talk about reasons to build something. Nisa was built in order to allow an open system to exist. Now it was built in an unfortunate time where a pandemic hit. There were a lot of financial difficulties with individual clubs coming in. Um, so it was a tough, it was a tough time to survive. I think it's impressive that, that the league has survived through that. So I, I still feel at its heart, that is where this league is headed. And it's just going to take more and more ownership groups to come in like our own to you know, actually make that vision a reality. Um, on top of that, you know, I, I think this league is super, super interesting because of the autonomy that it grants to the individual clubs. So for us to be able to purchase a club in Andorra, build a stadium in Detroit, start a new club in Detroit, if we had to cut a massive expansion fee check, it would make it much more difficult and a much more, a much more difficult process. The community would get less investment from us and it would go to a centralized office. So you know, here there are a lot of strengths that enable really creative, forward-thinking people to come in and build something that is, you know, viable. Um, we analyzed every other option in, in U.S. soccer, and we really feel that this one allows us to have our autonomy, allows us to make decisions that, you know, we're interested in making. And, yeah, it's not a league office of 100-plus people, but we see that as a strength. We see that as a huge strength because, you know, we're of the mindset that we want to have autonomy. We want to have control over our own decisions and we are able to do that in NISA. So we're very excited about it. Now, Coach Lubianski, how, do, how does the club, I know you guys are new, so you're just getting out there in Livonia and kind of connecting with the, the fan base out there. But how do you feel the club has gotten involved with the supporters and kind of making that connection with the, the fans in Livonia, Michigan? as that's where you guys are going to set up your, your stadium and your fan base out in the Metro Detroit area. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with the staff that we have actively working on those things, and our staff is ever-evolving and ever-growing as well, so we keep hiring people on. Um, I think they're doing a great job. You know, one of the exciting bits that happens behind the scenes, um, you know, we very intentionally chose not to have our own youth club in this market, not to compete with anybody in that space, so... We have had people on our staff consistently meeting with all of the youth clubs in the area and forming these relationships and partnerships. We've publicly announced one, but we've already formed over a dozen of them. And our social media calendar is now insanely active. 
I mean, we've got a player announcement coming every single day for the next probably 30 days. Um, staff additions, youth club partnerships, all of these things that, you know, this, this isn't something that started yesterday. It's something we've been working on for a long time. But to be able to go out there and publicly announce things, it's really just picking up steam now. Our, our mentality has always been actually do the things that we're going to do and then talk about them rather than, you know, release a, a stadium rendering of this spaceship-esque UFO and then not actually deliver upon it. So even that, that project is something that we've been working on for well over a year, you know, to get to the point where we are now where we're saying it's located in Livonia and Madonna. I mean, we didn't just say that on the front end and then back out. That was a process that took us all the way to the Vatican. It was an insane process um, and one that we're so, so excited and thrilled about. So, um, yeah, I think I think everyone's doing an amazing job and people will start to learn about it in short order. Uh, I'm probably not the right guy. You know, I'm, uh, I'm the coach of the team. So there, there are people that, from a PR standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, you'll start to see their face much more and, I'll be yelling at guys at 6 a.m. like I have been for eight months. <laughs> now, you mentioned about Gold Star purchasing FC Santa Coloma and the Premier yeah. Divisio over in Andorra. And uh, I was just curious, what are Gold Star's plans uh, as far as building that relationship with FC Santa Coloma and potential other clubs to, you know, scout and find players, develop them, and then eventually, you know, Move on to Europe. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another one that uh, I just I love it. So uh, we communicate very actively with the technical staff over there, making player decisions for transfer windows. I mean, we really we acquired that club less than a month before the season started and brought in a brand new staff of our own people. So you know we've been constantly, constantly communicating, putting that roster together. We only had. I believe one returning player from last year. So to put all of that together, it's been a mountain of work. Uh, and really the entire vision there is that they already, without our involvement, have played European competition 13 times. So it's the most successful club in the history of Andorra. Uh, to have a group come in with this level of investment and this level of resource and you know technical expertise, we very much anticipate within five years we're going to make the group phase of the Champions League. So... Um, without us, they've made it to QL2. Um, you know, you just have to get through QL4 and, and you're in. So we're on pace. There's two pathways to Europe. Uh, one is the Andorran Cup, which, you know, this season we are still alive. We are into the semifinal. So two more wins there and we're into Europe. Uh, the other is league play. We're currently in second. We play the top team this Sunday. Uh, every Sunday after I coach Gold Star Detroit, I go and have a panic attack and watch our, our squad in Andorra play. So uh, we win that one. We we would jump um, to first. So uh, first place goes to Europe, second place goes to Europe. And uh, there's just a lot of opportunity there. So we very much anticipate that we're going to pull it off this year. And again, within five, our goal is to be playing in the group phase of the Champions League. Now, as far as it goes with FC Santa Coloma, is that an opportunity where maybe at some point, not now because you're starting your season, but at some point down the road, maybe you do some training camps out there in Andorra or maybe you might loan some Gold Star players out to as the FC Santa Coloma to get some European experience or maybe the other way, FC Santa Coloma sends the players to Gold Star to play in the United States. How do you see that relationship developing long term? That's an awesome question, Josh. I, I, I love that question. Um, that's another one where we really didn't want to go out and publicly say a lot without actually delivering. So um, I believe three months ago, we, we already sent a player from Detroit to Santa Coloma. We didn't post about it on social media. We didn't do any of that stuff, but we sent them. And the impetus for sending them was simply to see, realistically, my genuine worry was a player from here would not even be close. So we wanted to send one. So at our expense, we flew one of our players over. He was an early signing here, uh, slipped between the cracks, kind of a guy. He's not been publicly announced yet, but he will be soon. Um, and he was, he was good over there. He was good over there. So um, the actual process, and every player is perfectly well aware of this, and it's something that we talk about consistently. Um, you have to show one of three things. So 
in NISA, to play in NISA, you have to be either American or have a green card. And otherwise, you're bending rules, and we've invested way too much to, to do that. So uh, you have to have U.S. So if you have nothing else and you're only U.S., in order to go play in Andorra because of immigration law, you have to demonstrate that you have played four years of professional soccer officially. So if you're playing in a league in the U.S. and the owner's paying you cash under the table, it will not count for anything. You have to show tax returns. You have to show criminal records. You have to show all of these things apostled. Uh, it's an incredible process. That's why Andorra is such an amazing place to live. It's very hard to get into there. So if you have strictly U.S., it's four years. If you're a dual U.S. and EU, um, so there's you know like 20-ish countries in the EU, then you only have to show one year of paid professional experience. If you happen to be American and also be either Spanish, French, or Portuguese, you don't have to show any professional soccer experience at all because of uh, treaties that exist between those countries. You can simply go to Andorra and play soccer. So, And then, of course, FIFA international transfer law dictates that you must be 18 years old. So all of those factors, when you start to really reverse engineer our business model and what we're really actively after and who really is absolutely, once again, not answering my phone calls, are 14, 15, 16-year-old American players who are the best in the whole country. So right now, just about every one of those guys is signing with an MLS first team. We want a chance at that kid. We want a chance at that kid. I'll say it a thousand times over because they won't pick up my phone calls. And hopefully, Josh, this podcast gets us one of those kids to talk to us because that is really, uh, from a business perspective, that's who we want here, trialing right away. So that's the pathway. That's the process. It's 100% what we're putting together. Uh, the other bit of it, NISA only right now has this restriction against international players because it hasn't hit this economic threshold of getting this approval from uh, U.S. Customs and Immigration. We believe that after one year in the league, we personally will kick the league over that economic threshold, and then the league will be allowed to legally import seven P1 visas per team, which is a huge goal of ours as well because that puts us in the same exact position as all of the USL clubs, all of the MLS clubs, and of course, we have an entire network of people actively working in Europe right now, scouting players, all the way as young as nine years old. We're ready to import them. We just simply won't do it without having an actual legal mechanism to do so. It's very, very important to us that we're above board with everything. So in the future, there is absolutely a two-way traffic plan. And yeah, you'll see a lot of players that have either played here and gone there or vice versa. Yeah, and Nisa, you know, it's a young lead. It has shown to be a great platform uh, to kind of get opportunities or like you mentioned, over the players to play and then eventually move on. Uh, I know in MLS, I'm here in Chicago, so Chicago Fire, I know they have a relationship with FC Lugano in Switzerland and developing that partnership, stuff like that. And I know the lower leagues, we don't see it too often, but it's great to see Gold Star have the ambition to, to build off that. And as far as these, so look, you have players that play in the league, like Alex Ansko, he played with Flower City Union last year. He's now playing for... Cary County over in Ireland. Of course, your neighbors up north, the Michigan Stars, Stephen Yunkai, you know, played with the Stars, and now he's over playing in uh, Slovenia now. So, hey, Gold Star, you know, get a couple players, you know, get, play in the Gold Star and go out to Europe, you know, build some more of the brand and that connection, and good for Nisa, but also good for your club as well. Uh, Coach Lubianski, I wanted to ask about being a new team. How do you guys plan to... Stand out in a crowded market like you got Detroit City FC in the USL Championship. You got Michigan Stars, as I mentioned, the 2022 NISA League Champions. So how do you guys plan to differentiate yourself in a crowded market in Detroit? Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it's going to come down to the quality of player, the quality of venue. The stadium we're building is absolutely the first of its kind in the state of Michigan. So that's going to be a huge draw. Uh, game day experience, the amount of staff that we've brought on that have experience with NHL teams, uh, major league sports teams in the U.S. to make a really vibrant, active game day experience that is entertaining, uh, you know, much above and beyond the game itself. Um, those are going to be key factors that, that drive fans. Location, um, you know, our stadium's in an awesome location. It is separate and distinct from the other teams in this market. I mean, we're, we are really, like, 
very, very excited about a rivalry with DCFC. We hope to play them in the Open Cup. Um, if not, you know, we're certainly, we, we would love them to enter the gauntlet that we've announced. They'll be a fantastic opponent for that. Um, and, you know, I think, uh, I think we have a good relationship and, and there's going to be matches there. So that's a very exciting uh, opportunity to build a local rivalry. I think the city needs that. The city could use, um, you know, somebody that is, is up the road that you see in every other country. There's, there's massive derbies in the same city, multiple teams going at each other. So um, we're very excited about those opportunities. Now, Coach Lebianza, you've been in preseason training with getting players, scouting players, having them try out for your new expansion club. What is your vision as you build, set up your roster for your debut in NISA uh, in a couple months? Yeah, I mean, I, I shared the selection process earlier. So that is, that is, let's just call it part acquisition. Right now, we're into machine building. So we have the parts, we're building the machine. We have a lot of exhibition matches that we're playing actively. Um, we won't announce any of them publicly. Uh, I'll need smart people to, to do that for us, but um, that's that's where we are. And the vision is is to win. We wanna win the league. So we're 100% we're building a roster capable of sustaining a massive workload. There is a lot of travel, a lot of opponents, a lot of matches. The things that we're doing from a, a home game perspective, no, we haven't seen any other team as ambitious with scheduling opponents. So, um, again, I, I don't want to announce anything too early, but if you keep monitoring our social media, some of these matches we're going to play are, are, are one of a kind. This has not happened in Michigan before at all. So, um you know, there's going to be multiple weekends where we have to have guys ready to play on a Friday, on a Saturday, possibly even on a Sunday. So our roster is deep. I mean, we're we're about 35 men right now, and um, you know, we're we're ready to sustain uh, a very grueling season, um, and we're excited about it. Yeah, and I did see on social media just before I started recording the show that you guys did announce one new player uh, joining your squad. Can you tell us a little bit more about him? Yeah, I learned about him uh, in conjunction with the rest of the world because, again, I really tried not to know where anyone came from, where they played before, all of those things. So um, I found it very interesting. Obviously, it's a, lo a, local, a local player. Um, I never met him before his trial here, and he was announced first because alphabetically that's how we're announcing players. So, um, you know, I... I don't want to put too much limelight on anyone. It's 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 so important that these guys are here for the right reasons. They're ready to work. They show up to training every morning. Uh, we have very few standards, but we're very serious about them. And AB has met them. AB has been there. AB has been there for a long time. He's not late. He has no no issues off the field. And uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. That's right. And those listen to the podcast I'm referring to, uh, Gold Star FC Detroit, Announcing their first signing today, central midfielder Albara Alsofi. Is that how you say it? Okay. I call him AB. Oh, AB for short, but okay. This is why I make sure I got it right. You know, I done like play yeah. by play. We always try to, or if we don't know, ask the player for like any like yeah. acronyms. Just kind of help cool. What was it? Yemeni's national team camp? That's that's really cool. That's really cool. I have no idea. <laughs> and I'm happy I have no idea. All right. Now, speaking of which, the other big news besides your first player announcement was the league, NISA, announcing the full schedule for the league for the upcoming 2023 season. Of course, Gold Star FC Detroit, you're one of th three new expansion teams, so you'll be alongside with Club de Leon FC in Orlando and Savannah Clovers FC in Savannah, Georgia. Now, your first matchup will be against Chattanooga FC on april the 1st uh i know it's a little early but you know getting your roster put together but how do you feel about going on the road and getting tested at fort finley against one of the top teams in nisa super exciting uh the way we're building preseason is to make very very sure that that is not the first time that these guys have to go on the road not the first time these guys have to go through a regimented away routine uh, not the first time that these guys have to go into an environment with, you know, let's just call it 2,500, 3,500 fans, somewhere in that range. I mean, it's it's awesome. 
So uh, we're very excited about it, and we're very actively putting together uh, a preseason that will get these guys ready for that. So um, I don't know. I don't know that you could ask for a better first, first opponent. It's uh, it's kind of one of the coolest places in the league that we've observed from the outside uh, to go play a game. So we're very excited. Now, as part of the, the schedule release today, Gold, Gold Star FC Detroit, you have 24 matches for your inaugural season. As I mentioned, Chattanooga FC will be your first opponent, but your first seven league matches will be on the road. Um, how do you feel you guys are going to be ready for that a long road trip before your first home game in June? First of all, highly appreciative because that gives us the time that we need to make sure that our stadium is absolutely completed. So I don't know that it would have been like that elsewhere, but I have to give yet another massive thank you to the league office for you know, honoring our request to do that. So that that really is something that I don't know that they in any way, shape or form had to do. And they did it to make sure that when our first game happened, it was at our brand new stadium, which was very important to us. So that's exciting. In order to do that, by necessity, we have to be on the road. So from April 1st until I believe June 24th is our match now, um, we're just traveling. We're, we're going away. We're playing games away. And uh, I'm not familiar really with another squad that's had to do something along those lines. And why not? I, I enjoy being the first. So... There's, there's another one. Well, you're certainly the first club in NISA, but as far as soccer in the United States, I would say a new expansion go on the road a lot while our stadium's getting finished. It's nothing new. We've, we've certainly seen this in MLS. Uh, the okay. only recent example I can think of, I, I think it was Austin FC. I think Austin FC, when they joined, they were on the road for a bit before they opened their stadium. I think Portland Timbers had a similar situation, but that's because their stadium was being renovated. So they were finishing up, so they need some time to be on the road. So there, there's been a, there's been a few examples in MLS where a new team or a team getting a current team getting a stadium renovated has had to go on a long road trip for a bit before finally playing some home games. Josh, you're the man. In that case, I stand corrected. I'm happy to stand corrected. That's awesome. As you mentioned, your first home game will be on June 24th um, against uh, Maryland Bobcats FC. So that should be a very exciting. Uh, game. Uh, I was curious about, uh, you mentioned the stadium. You guys also are, are working on it. Uh, I know the timeline is expected to be finished in June, but I'll ask you, Coach Lubianti, since I have you on here, uh, what is the latest update on the 5,000-seat Soccer Pacific Stadium uh, process over at Madonna University? Yeah, it'll, it'll be ready in time for the first game is, is the latest update, and, you know, Obviously, the, the team that works on those things from a PR perspective will be putting out uh, more and more information in, in the fashion that, that they deem best in order to build excitement, build interest, all of those things. I think, uh, I think it's important to give them that, you know, that, the power to, to make those decisions. So um, we know when we'll be playing there from a, from a technical perspective. Um, and I'm sure that there's a lot, a lot of exciting announcements to come in, in the near future from... Uh, from that side of our, of our squad. Now, the first matchup against your rivals, which will be Michigan Stars FC, will be on April 14th at Romeo Stadium. Uh, how do you feel? I mean, I know you mentioned Detroit City FC. You'll most likely play them in the Open Cup. But having a, a local league rival like Michigan Stars close by, how do you feel about uh, going against uh, the Stars, who are the defending champs, and trying to you know, get that robbery going uh, the first year of your season? It's always hard to repeat a championship, and we look forward to being uh, a, a big barrier for them. So can't wait for that game. <laughs> uh, I, I love it. I love I love friendly banter, uh, especially from a lot of NISA clubs getting at it. You know, we always hear the supporters getting vocal. As you know, being up there in Detroit, the – the Northern Guard up in Detroit City FC, the very vocal, you know, Michigan Stars, you know, busy on social posting uh, all their championship rings, but Gold Star <laughs> FC, you know, hey, they, they might have something to say about it. And to be fair, I, I said this on my episode, you know, I don't know if Nisa has a crush on Michigan or something, but the last three years now, with the, since we had the Nisa playoffs, you know, Detroit City FC won it in 2020 and 2021. 
and the Stars won it last year. So, hey, I mean, at least Nisa's got two chances now with Gold Star and Michigan Stars to keep that trophy in Michigan, even though I, I do hear that the boys in blue down in Chattanooga might have something to say about that. But, hey, you, you, you guys are part of keeping the streak, the, the trophy in Michigan now, so. <laughs> there you go. All righty. So, we kind of know your 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 team's plans for the inaugural season, uh, updates on the stadium, uh, your coaching staff, and getting the front office staff all set up. Uh, I was just curious, though, because I've been seeing on social media, everyone's talking about the Gold Star Gauntlet. So I'm just curious, who, whose idea was that and to come up with that? It was a club idea. It was a club idea. So it's an amazing idea. We're very, very excited about it. Um, and we've already got a ton of very interesting applications. It's going to be a unique way to make sure that every game at our stadium has something on the line. And we're very, very pumped. So um, it's it's I, I believe it to be quite unique, Josh, but you seem to be the expert on uh, what everyone else has done. So maybe I won't say we're the first again. <laughs> no, no, I was just curious because before I went on the show, I had a, a follower wanted me to ask you guys about it. So I was just, I mean, look, you, you play us at our new stadium, you, be, you give me 10 grand. I was like, hey, it's a lot of money. I, I got to ask about it, man. Yeah, so I was just curious. Please spread the word. We want we want everybody applying. We want MLS teams. We want college teams. We want USL teams. Everybody. Bring, bring everybody. We're excited. But we've already gotten some truly special applications. Yeah, that was my next question. If you have had had any teams uh, take the bait yet, but it sounds like you you've gotten a couple. So, I was curious though, if you play these teams, would this be like maybe during the preseason or more like maybe in the summer? Like you know, you have a lot of European clubs that come over in the summer for preseason training, that kind of thing. It's it's something that I feel will help prepare players. When you look at you know the average seasonal cycle of a Real Madrid, for example, look at how many matches they play between cup play, league play, uh, international exhibitions, all of these things that they do. I mean, they're, they're playing an immense number of games every year. So adding games in a meaningful way with money on the line, it's not, it's not some kind of gimmick. It's something that we see as part of our DNA and something that's going to make our calendar very grueling, which will prepare our players to go and move to Europe. So that's really the impetus for it is, hey, let's put something together that extends the number of matches, extends the physical load, puts more on the line. It's more pressure. Nobody wants to lose that game. And we have a lot to lose. I mean, teams coming in, hey, let, let, let's give you know uh, an abstract example. Let's say a local team that is amateur comes in. They have nothing to lose. And they have every opportunity to beat us because it is a fair match. So if they beat us, they not only take our money, but our credibility goes away. It's a ton of pressure. It's exactly what I want our guys going through all of the time. So we're, we're super stoked about the idea. And um, I won't tell you the name of a club that I'll give you a highlight. Somebody said, if you do any diligence on us at all, you will absolutely not want to play us. And that's the first guy I called to have a conversation with, because that's the kind of person I want to play. I love that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and just to uh, <clears throat> confirm, because we were talking about earlier about you guys being uh, on the road for your first seven games, uh, I did double check. So, yeah, when Austin FC joined MLS in their inaugural season, um, they did play eight games on the road, yeah. the first eight games on the road before they played their first home match on June 19th against the San Jose, San Jose Earthquakes. So you only had to do seven games, so you got you get a little bit of a breather, a break there. <laughs> Let's make a phone call down to Austin and see, and see what they did. <laughs> yeah, you'll take some notes. Hey. You, you, you yeah, never know. You never know. Uh, I know Austin FC, you know, the second year did pretty good, you know, made to the MLS uh, Western Conference final, I, and well, they lost to LAFC, who ended up winning the MLS Cup. So, yeah, that was pretty cool, pretty cool. Um I just want to get your thoughts, Coach Lubianzi, real quick before I let you go, about uh, just two things. Uh, one, you know, the Nisa Independent Cup. I know it's going to be a big competition in the summer that Nisa's been trying to build along with, you know, Nisa Nation and all that. Uh, I know that format has not been determined yet 
or finalized yet for what it will look like this year. But just want to get your thoughts on, because you'll be part of that too, eventually playing in the Nissan Independent Cup later this summer. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's exciting. I think, uh, again, it's a cup competition. We welcome all competitions. And the Independent Cup is, is a very cool format. Um, I'll let the league take the lead on announcing, you know, exactly how it's going to work and everything else. But um, certainly we will be part of it. Uh, we will support it. We will do anything and everything that we can to be a good club within this league. So we're pumped. And, you know, there are so many clubs and so many players within the U.S. that love this game. And, you know, that's just another opportunity for them to, you know, end up at our stadium and competing against us. So we're very excited about it. Now, as a coach, you've been in Michigan a very long time. I know soccer has grown like crazy in Michigan, not just the Detroit area, but across the state with many teams. And, and of course, we know about the, the Midwest Premier League. They have like 16 teams, part of that league. Of course, a couple teams in the NPSL and uh, USL League Two. But just from your experience, how are you seeing the popularity of soccer growing in the state of Michigan? I mean, it's like a dream come true, honestly. The the amount of opportunity is, it's it's crazy. Um, you know, when I was a kid, there were there were a couple shows in town beyond the college game, and I was lucky enough to get an opportunity at one of those, and it absolutely was one of the best experiences of my life as a player. Um, now, I mean, you throw a stone, you're hitting not one team, but like a dozen from my house. It's 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 amazing. So. What would really make it exciting is not just the gauntlet, but if we lost to enough of those teams, we should get relegated. We should get relegated, and they should get promoted. And that would make it super exciting, but there are enough players, there are enough teams, there are enough supporters. It just needs to be uh, an intentional effort on the part of good people to make it a reality where that could be the system because that, that at the highest level, is the most entertaining version of this sport. So... Um, we, we love the meritocracy aspect of it. Um, we really hope that those teams that we could throw and, and hit with a stone don't view us as some kind of, you know, nasty rival in town, but look at us as, wow, that's so cool. We want to go take their $10,000 off of them right now. Because that's all we could offer. We can't offer anything more than that. But our ambition is to help grow a league that will offer more than that. So... You know, down the line, that that could be a, a genuine reality, and we're super excited about it. Alrighty, and finally, I just wanted to ask your thoughts on the U.S. Open Cup. Of course, the league confirmed that all of the nine clubs in the league this year will be playing in the U.S. Open Cup. This will be your first time uh, in the Open Cup. We don't know who you're going to play yet, but chances are you could play Detroit City FC or Indy Eleven or somebody like that. But just Quickly, your, your thoughts on getting uh, set to play in that competition. That's, you know, a lot of history, 170 years of history of American soccer in that competition. The Lamar Hunt USOC is really, um, from all of the diligence that we have done, the only the only tournament that is analogous to the rest of the world. We love it. We're, we're, we're absolutely passionate about it. Um, I know Chicago House is, I believe, still in. Um, yes, they qualified. They, they went yeah. through the qualifying rounds, and, and Peter Wilton, who I still ch yeah. chat with everything, you know, very excited. And they're going to be playing on March 22nd. And, yes, I, I will be there <laughs> to yeah. check it out. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that's a potential draw for us. We're entering at round two. So uh, the round you mentioned is round one. So, you know, that's a potential draw. That would be awesome. Um, you know, as far as a targeted plan within five years – Heavy, 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 heavy investment. Um, building a roster that is very, very competitive. People will start answering those phone calls. And our goal is to be uh, at least this side of the year 2000. I know it has happened before, so this one I'm not going to say would be the first. But this side of the year 2000, we want to win that entire tournament, being a club that is not in the MLS. So uh, I know Sacramento was right there. We, we were watching. Uh, we were it's Orlando, it. yeah. Um, awesome, awesome to watch that. But, you know, our, our ambition is to win the whole thing. So we're building towards it. Well, there you go. And, and Peter, if you're listening, <laughs> sounds like Coach Lemioski's putting some money in you guys to, to win so you can play the next round. So 
for Chicago House. So we'll see what happens there. And then, of course, and, and you know, I love the ambition for Gold Star. You know, they're going to compete and try to win every trophy there is. You know, sounds like Manchester City approach, if you ask me. But hey, you know, that's that's I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm all for you know, you know, fighting and getting every single trophy you can, and you know. Building up that brand, so that's that is great to hear. And look, someone said I get Detroit City FC some money or a run for their money, I should say. So not give them money. <laughs> so maybe Gold Star. Hey, maybe they maybe they could do it. Could be. All right, Coach Lubianski and uh, Alexander Lee. I know you're there in the background, but you know I just want to uh, take the time to thank you guys for joining me on my podcast show tonight. Thanks, Josh. That was awesome, man. I want to take a moment to thank General Manager and Head Coach of Gold Star FC Detroit, Alex Lubianzi and Alexander Lee for setting this interview up with Gold Star FC Detroit. And with that, I want to thank everyone for listening to today's episode. If you guys have any feedback, comments, or suggestions, you can message me on my Twitter page. It's at JT underscore Taylor 88. And please share the show with all your friends and family. And if you like the show and want to keep up with all the latest updates, you can follow us on our social media pages or on Instagram at Nisa underscore today FC. We're also on Facebook at Nisa Day FC. You can also mention me there as well. And we're also on Twitter at Nisa underscore Today FC. We'll have another exciting episode later this week to break down the 2023 Nisa season schedule with a special guest. So stay tuned for that. But until then, you guys take care and I'll see you next time.